seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 138 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 138 episodes, still have the same co-host riding with me. How's it going, Brian? It is going. We're pushing along. That doesn't sound very confident. (laughs) (laughs) You know, though, I will say, like, I don't know how your weekend was, but uh, mine was pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, I got got to go to Command Fest Richmond, had a lot of travel, literally coast to coast, (laughs) which is a little bit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll have a lot to cover on that later in the show for sure. But a lot of things kind of came up here in the last minute that made it into the show. So I think people are going to enjoy this episode. But before we get to that, I want to pay some love to our folks over at Cardsphere.com. If you have not used their site, you should go check them out. They're actually a really cool way to buy and sell cards at the price you want. Literally, you can go in and put what percentage of the current market value you want to pay for something or want, and you can pick who to sell your stuff to. It's super convenient. A little bit of a learning curve, but super convenient once you figure it out. So go give them some love as they've been supporters of our show since way back like 100 episodes ago. Something like that. It's been a long time. So go pay them some love over at cardsphere.com. And then if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic. And you could be just like the obligatory SQL and Brandon Burkle, who are two new patrons. So thanks, y'all, for joining the ship and coming along for the ride. Also, because I promised on the last episode that once I got back and settled, we would draw names for our winners. So our two winners this month are Jerry D'Antonio and Derek Olette. So we will be sending some goodies out to y'all. They should hit the mail, I think, on Friday and uh, should take probably three to five days to get y'all after that. Congratulations. And then if you want to support the show and get some cool stuff for yourself, you can go over to colorofmtg.com slash shop where we have tokens and playmats you can pick up. And I got to actually hand out our brand new tokens while I was in Richmond because they I got them like the day, like the night before I was going to fly out. So I was like, ah, I have them. I might as well just show them to people or whatever. And people really loved them. So we'll get those up. I should have copies up there. Hopefully by the time the show goes live on Thursday, if not, they'll be in the shop on Friday. And uh, we can start mailing them out as soon as y'all buy them. So, yeah. I feel like a boss, you know, with my tokens. You should. Your token is sweet, dude. (laughs) I was going to play counter and things that require tokens, even if they're not good. Just like, let me just get my tokens. Exactly. You should. They're great. And that wraps up everything before we get into the soapbox. And fair warning, we might rant a bit on this episode because this... There were some things this week. And now this one, I want to say, wasn't even in the show notes until like three hours ago, I think. <laughs> Hit the wire. So much does have to right at the wire. But there is another magic creator. And I don't even know if I should call him out or not. Like, he did post on Twitter. However... He has gone around around and tried to block a lot of his stuff. And now you have to be an approved follower. So apparently he's already getting enough hate 
I'm not going to send stuff his way. I'm just if you if you know you know, if you follow enough of the people on on social media, you probably know who it is. But anyway, this person I'm trying to put the best way to put it, like made a rant kind of sounding like they have become burnt out and disillusioned with content creation because I don't know, they're not able to make it. But then started trying to make it about being a cisgendered white dude who happens to be, I guess they said financially conservative and socially moderate and believes in the second amendment. And that somehow had something to do with him not having success. Cause you just and, look around. Those guys are really struggling. Oh, he also, <laughs> that wasn't all. He also included that. Well, in my games of commander, Gender and background and pronouns don't really matter. Like every people, he did the whole people are people, you know, basically said what we hear is like, I don't see color, you know, like it was, it was that whole rant. And it was like, just dude, how tone deaf can you be? So it's like, if my name is Robert and I tell you, I prefer Bobby and you just call me Robert to annoy me. You're not a hole. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how is this not what they want to be called? Like, you were wanting to make content for the most casual way to engage with the game you choose to play, right? Yet you want to ignore all all of the social elements involved, and you wonder why it's not taking off. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I'm being an a hole to everybody. I don't understand why the brand's not not growing. Like, I just don't understand. Like, you can't look at somebody and say like. Oh yeah, your background, your your gender, your pronouns, or whatever don't matter. Like, bruh, really? Like that's the route you're gonna go? And while trying to bitch about your content not popping off, and then that that makes it sound like the only reason I've gotten whatever eighteen, nineteen thousand subscribers overall on on YouTube is because of race. Like, bro, I've been literally grinding every single, literally every single day since February 2020. Because, yeah, let me tell you, white people are out there struggling and black people are just blowing up on social. Yeah, that's what's happening everywhere. Hell, not counting all the people that have their stuff getting shut down on TikTok like we've talked about. You know, all the issues we've talked about on Twitch or whatever. Like, you got to deal with none of that. And you're going to be like, yeah, but it's one of the things that's held me back from my content growing. Like, really? Really? Uh, this this is this... holding you back is, is being a jerk. <laughs> For real. For real. And and we went and looked. I did my research. You're talking about somebody who has, what, 120-some followers on, on Twitch? Barely has, I think, 800 on Twitter. Somehow has 300 on YouTube, but then I guess made all their stuff private or whatever. So you can't see anything, but you can't sit here and say like, you only have that much because of these outside issues. By the way, even if you're a jerk, how many people, not just in, you know, in, in the magic space, but how many people, have you tried sports talk? <laughs> being, a, being a loud mouth jerk is an entire brand. Shoot. And that ain't even confined to race. Cause Stephen A. Smith Right, Dude, he's, he's been wrong on I don't know how many accounts, and got, he got put in his place this week by some athletes. Yeah, so I like 
it's literally one of those ones I just like, it's just the most toned out. Like, and, and this is the same thing I tell people. Like, when you were trying to make content, you were basically in business for yourself. And I've dealt with entrepreneurs for decades now, literally. And the one thing I have learned is that people are terrible at self-assessment. Like, when people shut down their businesses, a lot of times they're finding every single thing to blame it on but themselves. It's never, I bought enough of the wrong things, or I didn't make the right relationship connections, or I didn't participate in the right organizations, or I hired the wrong people, or blah, blah. It's always, uh, well, this person stole from me, or, you know, even, even with the pandemic. I told people before, like, some people shut down legitimately because of the pandemic, right? But there are a lot of people who are already going to close. So there's a lot of people who already, like... A lot of people drag their businesses out probably six, seven months too long. They get themselves further in debt for no reason, whatever, because of pride, because their family believes in them, whatever, right? They can't bring themselves to close because they don't want to be a failure. But as soon as anything pops up that they know everybody will accept as an excuse, they're done. And that's exactly what happened with COVID for a lot of people. Yeah. This is what this feels like. like. COVID has become the the new dog ate my homework for so many things. Yeah, my thing right now, though, is like you have failed. And you were trying to find every way to blame it on the community for, I don't know, not accepting you or whatever. When you are from the group in the community that has the most advantages. Now, don't get me wrong. If we were talking about sports or we're talking about, I don't know, hip hop music or whatever, we'd probably have more of an advantage. But like we're talking about magic. Right. And tabletop gaming. You don't have that excuse. Now, the only thing I'm mad about is apparently he already got enough heat. He went and shut everything down, so I can't see nothing. But I will tell you, I saw some of his streams, and his streams weren't particularly great. Because he does still have some stuff you can see on, on Twitch, at least as of a little while ago. And they're they're not terrible, but they're pretty pedestrian. Is so the way not I only is he, you know, not... <laughs> I guess not only is he, you know, not uh, good at getting his message out there, he's uh, thin-skinned, can't take criticism. True. But here, here's my problem, though. People like that, I look and say, like, look, if you've been, I don't know, you spent stuff on a quality logo, you you made all these intro things, and you've made new lay overlays and stuff for your, your streams, and you're doing all this stuff and you're still not making it, cool. You're at least putting in your best effort, your best work, and for whatever reason, it's not happening. But, I mean, he's done a little bit of work from what I could see, but it's it's pretty mid. I mean, just being real. And and to put in perspective, I don't even think my stuff's top tier. I'm probably like, if I had to give myself a fair grade, I'm probably like an upper B, like a mid B, B plus. And you ain't even at my level. So it's like, come on, man. Like, you can't, you, it, it's just frustrating to see people who don't put in the right effort and then want to find every excuse and blame it on everybody else in the community when there are people that are succeeding. But, and again, blame it on being a cis straight white male. It literally, like, I'm at the top rung of a society where people get everything, whether they deserve it or not. So I don't know what's happening. It's tough, man. It's tough. maybe that's it. Maybe it was supposed to be easier for him, and it's yeah, not. It's just- and and that's the thing that's blowing them like, away. I'm in the group that has, I'm the same, the same persuasion, same color, and same sexual persuasion as 99 percent of Congress, half of the Supreme Court, and the current president. 
I don't I just I don't know why I can't get over. Maybe I don't know, but like this is tough because we look around and say like how many black folks would you say are truly succeeding or exceeding expectations in magic content creation right now? A handful? Right? Maybe. And this isn't to insult anybody. Like there's people out there doing good work and trying. But they're just not catching traction. And we and we talked about how, you know, it's, it isn't people intentionally ignoring them. It's what you want. The, the algorithm shows you the thing you watch. If you watch a oh, bunch sure. of white guys, it, it is going to continue to show you that. Shoot, I'll tell you, there's a dude who makes magic content. He goes by MTG Blackhammer. His stuff, like his voice, he has a radio voice. Like he literally is like, smooth to listen to he has like good camera stuff whatever like do struggles he had to take a break get recalibrated come back trying to make another go of it and then i watch other people that are just i mean i ain't gonna lie about it. some of them are just garbage like they're they're pretty low effort Barely any even, <laughs> there's even an audience for garbage if you commit to it yeah I'm you t- make that part of the gimmick that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things we learned in comedy. So many characters, a Saturday Night Live, for example, so many characters that shouldn't have gotten past the writer's room became, you know, got their own movie because oh, yeah. the actor committed to the character. Hey, you know, Brooklyn Brawler was a dumbass gimmick, but right? dude had a career for like 15 years. So, like, you know, there's there's room for everything if you do it right. So many actors have played, you know, like the, just that Ernest T. Bass. Forgive you, you dating dating myself, but heck, Andy Griffith is still funny. How Dude. many episodes would you say the character Ernest T. Bass appears in on Andy Griffith the Quan? Oh, if I had to guess, I would say probably ten. I think it's like five. Okay, I, w- I knew it wasn't a lot. I was like, it was, but it was... but the ones that everybody remember when you have people will swear he was in thirty or forty episodes because the four or five episodes he is in, he is like Urkel. He dominates the episode, and that's with Don Knotts and Andy Griffith, two of the best they ever do it. And Ernest T. Bast is—I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry, but he is carrying this episode. You know what the and modern he, equivalent is for me on when I'm watching Saturday Night Live, and Keenan had that that bad talk show skit called what's up with that. And like, it was one of the dumbest things. And I still remember it. And I remember laughing at, and they may have done that skit like three times. Like just, you get the right people doing the right thing. Like you can make something work, but here's the other reality. Like, like just stepping away from this dude's rant and everything else. The reality is this may just not be for you. Like, and I've had those conversations when I've consulted with people when the first thing they ask me is like, hey, is there a way I could produce these without having to be on camera and blah, blah. And I'm already like, hey, this is already might not be for you. Right. Like you may not have the personality for this. You may not have the resolve for this because, you know, you're going to get hate and get dumb comments or whatever, even if you're doing everything right. Like this could just be one of those cases. But then to post it on socials in the group's that you're insulting and think that you were going to have a bunch of support like that, that move doesn't even make sense. You're basically making rant saying because of all these things, I never felt comfortable saying all this in the community and blah, blah, blah. But then you're going to post it and then be surprised that you're getting hate for it. 
Self-awareness, as you said, is one of the, in any form of business is one of the most important things to have. Yeah. And honestly, if you'd have been like, hey, here's my background. Here's what I believe in. Whatever. Cool. You almost could have just got away with that. But when you start saying like, oh, well, all these things don't matter in my games and blah, blah, whatever. OK, now you're just being dumb. When, by the way, there's an entire network that exists because of that group. Yes. That's all Fox News is, is you're selling to that specific group. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. And every local radio, every local radio dial has their own version of Fox News. If you can't get over as a synthesis, white, straight commentator, I'm sorry. That is on you. You know what? I'll say this. If you want to know who it is, ask in the Discord and I'll tell you. So if you're if you're one of our patrons and you're in the Discord, we can have the chat over there. So I'm not, at least those are people I know that are mostly reasonable. So I won't be like hating, sending any like hate raids towards somebody because that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But, oh, and because I yeah. dropped a, a random fact, I had to look it up. His name is, the actor's name is Howard Morris. And yes, I was correct. He appeared in exactly five. Well, he, 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 he was in other episodes. He only played Ernest T. Bass five times. There you go. So yeah, man, I don't know. That one just, it got up under me because like, it's almost like you're, you're devaluing everything else and saying that, well, just because you are these things or you don't believe these things or you're different than me, like it's easier for you. And it's just like, dude, like we literally, I, I literally should just send them a message and say, you know, here's a podcast I'd like to interest you in. <laughs> like, so you can understand, like, I'm doing all this despite all these problems. Right. And you ain't got any of these things, but yeah, you're going to try to throw that in my face. Like, nah, nah, there was no way I couldn't mention that on the show. But all right, Brian, I'm done. I'm going to pass this over. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, as uh, I'm sure everybody knows, the Uvalde shooting and just we're still trying to piece bits of that together. And of course, uh, the co- extremely controversial school district police chief. Pete Arredondo was elected to the Uvalde City Council. That happened, of course, before any of this. And they went ahead and, you know, went ahead and appointed him because he won the seat. And they said, you know, there's legally nothing in the Texas State Constitution that stops you from appointing uh, somebody that's been elected to the council. Okay, even though if the election were held today, he obviously probably wouldn't get three votes. But he uh, missed his first council meeting. So we're already... (laughs) He, he was inducted, or not inducted, but I guess appointed to the council or sworn in in secret because, again, they would like reporters to go away. You know, they'd like, they would like to get back to city business. But, of course, that's all. The city business right now is trying to put the pieces of this shooting together. And, of course, uh, the mayor, who is, I guess, you know, pretty much kind of spokesperson for everybody, especially the small town. He didn't know. He has no idea. He's like, please stop asking me why he didn't show up. I got no idea. But this just shows this is going to be I don't know if this guy's going to make four years in this council seat because this is uh, everything he does or doesn't do is a far bigger story than it would be for anybody else up there. Dude, like, realistically, I mean, thinking about all types of things that have happened in our lifetime, all types of political things, all types of social, like, I can't think of a time where somebody has bumbled a thing, just bungled it to a mess like this. 
this one has been, and not just him, the whole, all the multiple times, the oh, yeah. story has changed. It's been. The whole department. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they've gotten one thing right. Like nobody can answer a question correctly in an interview. Like nobody can get a timeline right. Like just nothing. Like, And I, and I do want to say this is an extremely small town. I think there's what, maybe 15, 20,000 people. But that's what makes around. it even worse. Yeah, but I, I just again, just somebody that has covered that size and then covered stuff more along the size of like Shreveport, Bossier, a little bit of Dallas. You, most most small town police chiefs are going to look like a deer in the headlights in the face of CNN, you know, New York Times, what have you. But yeah, this has been it's been bad. It's but you been know what makes it worse? It's like when your town's that big and that department, I'm assuming, has at least 50 people like. You knew all those families. Yeah. Somebody there knows those families and those kids and those teachers that died. And they're still playing this whole game of charades, hide and seek, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, that's that to me, that just makes it worse. Because at least if it's a big city, you're like, okay, we're going to hide behind all this bureaucracy and blah, blah, and whatever. But it's just like, dude. Like, and literally nothing has been consistent from day one. And then you got shown up by a random parent, a mom, and then a random other, I guess he's not a cop, but he's another law enforcement agent who happened to come from across town getting a haircut, went in there with a couple of dudes, got some kids out. And you have a whole police force standing outside not doing a damn thing the whole time. What would go such a long way is for somebody to say we made a mistake, and I'm not hearing any of them say this. Oh, yeah. They any just... of them can say, like, look, we were wrong. We were... But you know what? On this topic, and this is something I posted on Twitter last week because it crossed my mind because I'm talking with some people who have kids and whatever. And a lot of the conversation is like the kids are kind of like, yeah, we know. And it's just a thing we deal with. You know what I mean? That, like it sucks. Frightening. Like, it literally is so normal from the like, yeah, we just we just know this is a possibility. Right. And then they got me thinking. As a lot of these shootings are from, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds. Have we just basically trained the next wave of shooters? Better than the police officers. Because think about it, like if all these kids are doing these like shooter drills on the regular they know the procedure. They know the best places to hide. They know where people are going to be in the building. Like they, they know all that. So they actually are going into these situations with an advantage. It's, it's the same thing happens, you know, in terrorism and counterterrorism, because one of the ways you get intelligence is you try to get the local people on board. Problem being, now you've trained them in U.S. military tactics, and when some of them inevitably decide, or some of them can, some of them do that on purpose, so they can switch sides, or not, or they're they're just kind of they're a double agent to begin with. And so yeah, it's, this is kind of I guess like the same situation in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's crazy. It's one of those things. Like I said, you know, just get thinking about a thing, and it's just like maybe that's part of the problem. Like we've made it so normal that they know all the. They all the procedures because I remember when Columbine happened, you just we, how horrified and Sandy Hook, even still, there was like, just how did this happen? It's to the point now where it is happening on a week, obviously, not to the magnitude of Uvalde, but it's happening every week. In Dude, some, it's happening every day, yeah, literally, not even just weekly. This is happening daily, 
And the worst part is I posted something today and somebody wanted to be like, oh, well, because I was posting, I think I put at the time, you know, 17 or 18 mass shootings that happened since Uvalde. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, there was this big dumb one in Chicago. Nobody's talking about. And I'm like, you're I literally I ended up just putting the the post on on block or whatever. But the fact that somebody would want to pinpoint a thing, you know, the damn narrative they're trying to make is like, oh, well, Chicago's the most dangerous, which is not, by the way. Go look at any stat. Chicago has not been the most dangerous city, the most shot up city, whatever, for years. Go look up whatever stat you want. It's just not. It was like, still New Orleans. Cause they'll do Orleans number oh, one. New Orleans is time. high. There's a lot of southern cities that are on there yeah. too, by the way, a lot. And I think St. Louis scores fairly high. A few others, but yeah, just one of those things. But anyway, yeah, I'm with you. Like this whole thing in Uvalde has just become a big mess. And truthfully, now the rights all upset at Captain McConaughey. Now. I guess they don't want their stuff to be all right, all right, all right. Like, because <laughs> they, they, I, I mean, okay, I, I get it. You, I, every time I see people, right, they're upset saying like, well, celebrities and whatever should shut up about politics, whatever, until it's something that they agree with. They're like, yeah, support this guy. Go buy his stuff, right? Yeah, Herschel Walker <laughs> should keep talking. These other celebrities should be quiet. Hell, honestly, Herschel Walker just can't talk. Yeah, I was going like, to say, I he mean, can't even make complete sense. I'm not even trying to make fun of the dude. Like, I think no. he might have real head trauma that's causing problems. Because listening to him speak, sometimes I'm like, what was he trying to say? Yeah, like, it's bad. It's yeah. very, very Because it's not even like he's stumbling bad. on words sometimes. He's just putting words together that don't mean nothing. Yeah, because again, you know, like, you're the small town, yes. Uh, I'm many, forget about mayors. There are many small town superintendents who have a hard time stringing words together. And in a town of 17,000 people, nobody cares. But yeah, if you're going to be in Congress from the state Dude. of Georgia, I need you to be able to put not just sentences, but entire paragraphs thoughts and yes even coherent <laughs> coherent economic policies and things together dude he's done big rallies that have tens of thousands that look like probably five thousand people with zero but, policy yeah just rambling and just saying words and i'm just like i'm not i don't it's not about being for or against him i'm like what are y'all even cheering yeah, at this point, we don't know what he's for other than just, hey, you know, Trump, I guess, basically. You know what it felt like watching him? It's back in the day when you used to watch, like, Ric Flair yeah. do, do, a, like, <laughs> do a promo, and then you'd come back from commercial, and Dusty Rhodes would cut a promo on Ric Flair, and neither one of them said a damn thing other than <laughs> styling, profiling, like, you know, and, and Dusty's just, like, doing his little jelly roll or whatever. And like, and then at the end, you're just like, I don't know what that was about, but I'm hyped for the match on Sunday. That's basically what's happening at these rallies. Like nothing important is being said. They're just rambling about nonsense. And then it's like, yeah, go vote for this guy. And I'm like, why? What do you, what are you, what are you voting for? It's frightening, but we look like they're going to take, they're going to take over the Congress for the Southern United States with football coaches former football players, and sadly, we're, we're going for it in the South. It's crazy. We, all, we already got Tommy Tuberville, who can't even you know tell you what the causes of World War II were. Man, that Tuberville one is bad. I yeah. mean, that one's real bad. And I ain't even going to lie. Said, you know, not even a good football coach. <laughs> That's, that was the thing, right? Like, if, you, if you'd have had, like, I don't know, Greg Stoops or something or whatever – I'd have been like, all right, at least I understand why people in this area voted for him or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's just like, come on. And I want to say this too. 
people don't know, but McConaughey's from down in that area. So for people to be mad at McConaughey for having anything to say when he literally has friends and family that live down there, like he of all celebrities should at least have a right to say something. I think they start out being mad at him because he at least toyed with the idea of running for Texas governor against Abbott. And, you know, if you ain't for Abbott, you get him clearly. And man, we're not going to tolerate that down here in Texas. Well, just, all I can say is just go Beto. Yeah, even though talking about people doing terrible jobs, Abbott is is right at the top of that list. Dude, literally, he was making the price of y'all's food go up because he wanted imaginary extra checks on trucks yeah. for no reason. Like, and they ju- they just announced, you know, I've been telling you about our power problems that that Texas now has a map of basically the high, I guess, the high value things that can't be allowed to lose power. And they they wanted us to be impressed, but the of course, the actors for anybody that was saying was, "Have you not had a map like that before twenty June of twenty twenty two? Exactly. I was just about to say that. I'm like, didn't you already know that? And then all you've really done by sharing that map now is one said, hey, we didn't have this before. Yeah. And two, you now know where you're going to be deprioritized if stuff does get bad. Right. Like, that's not reassuring to anybody. I got to figure out how to move in between a hospital and a police station. Yeah, pretty Come much. On. That's what that means. Neither one of them is close to me now. So, And our power does go out way more than it did at my other house. Ah, man. All right. Let's bring it back and go get into some fun game things because it's that time right we always talk about learning new things there's a lot of things to learn right now so why don't we tell everybody what we learned last week i think uh, this may be a first for me where this is a thing or this is we're in the process of learning it by the time you even by the time we've aired this we may not know everything about it yet but as uh as i've discussed on here before e3 for obvious pandemic related reasons not happening this year. So kind of the, I guess, the, the the default online E3 thing to go to or to watch otherwise is Summer Game Fest hosted by Jeff Keighley, who you would probably know from uh, G4 and numerous other nerd and video game related endeavors. And okay. we're kind of going to see this week, you know, who who's going to attend this, what new games are going to be revealed, just kind of how this goes and of course this will be one of the things people talk about in trying to figure out do we need to have e3 because the COVID doesn't appear to be getting any better in terms of you know conventions we'll talk more about that later but this is you know the summer game fest for right now is the thing we're doing to show off some of the new games at least hmm so it's just going to be online only I, I don't believe there's a physical component to it but huh all right. I don't, I, I mean, you know, my stance on E3 is like once we started making it a very consumer centric show, I felt like you lost a lot of the the intent behind it to begin with. So I don't know if this is necessarily a bad thing. Now, don't be wrong. It does suck for people that were part of that convention economy because, you know, E3 bought in a lot of bodies, sold a lot of hotels, you know, all that. So that that is a thing. But I was always a bit dubious on, like, the importance of the convention, right? The more people would bring stuff up, I'm like, was that that big a deal? Could they not have just told us online? Could they have done a private presentation or whatever? And, like, especially in the modern age, right? Like, if Sony 
wants to do something about PlayStation or whatever, like they could do a private thing with, I don't know, 20 or 30 industry people and then just record it and then they share it online and everybody will see it in the next 24 hours. Like they don't need to go spend all the money to go set up at E3 anymore. Like it's the, the people to me that really benefited from it are the smaller people, the indies. Cause yeah, obviously I've, I've been there and I've seen some incredible things from, you know, Sony, Microsoft, et cetera. But then, you know, there'd be somebody over in a corner where some PR person had to come run out and grab me and pull me in to see this. And there might, and there might be three people in there that they've been able to corner. And some of them have ended up being some of my favorite games. Yeah, that's fair, right? Because they do get to, for lack of a better term, ride the coattails of the big yeah. one. Whereas right? if they hold an event by themselves, so let's say, for, for just for example, one of them was kind of like, if you ever played FTL, there's a game called Bounty Train is basically FTL only with the train set in the, the Civil War era. They okay. can't, you know, they can't hold the big show by themselves. Nobody will show up for that. But if they're, you know caddy corner to Microsoft, their PR person can run out and grab people. Oh, I totally get it, right? Because, you know, same thing happened for me at, like, PAX West. I'm walking around, and, you know, they have the big room set up with, you know, all the crazy big games get these huge displays or whatever. But then they have, like, a independent alley sort of a thing, and it's a bunch of the smaller games. And there was one where it was, like, a sniper game, but, like, one of you played the person trying to complete task at an event or a party or whatever, and then the other person played the sniper trying to pick out who you were in the crowd and whatever. And that was a cool little simple game from from smaller studio that was super fun, interesting, but I wouldn't have seen it or known about it had they not been part of that bigger event or whatever. So I, so I get where you're coming from. Also, another thing that happens is E3 has been around long if it's big enough to where even your local news, especially if you live in, like, for example, Dallas, major city, obviously L.A., all their TV shows, it's, it's become an event that even people who don't play video games are aware of. And, you know, in case of TV news, we'll throw some coverage that way. Summer Game Fest may get there one day. As of yet, it's not there because if you're not a huge gamer or you didn't watch G4, you don't know what that is in all likelihood. Your local TV news director doesn't know what that is. He's not sending anybody to cover it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we'll see how it ends up. It's it's interesting. I don't blame them, though, for trying this because – it may just be a case, too, of people looking at finances around E3 and just going like, is it really worth it for us to do this again? You know, and can you monetize the Summer Game Fest to some level? And if you can, it's still going to be way cheaper to put on than doing another show with less hassle. So you might end up be better off, truthfully. But we'll see. Now, the thing I learned was grandly surprising. Actually, I guess it's a two-part thing. The first thing, not so surprising, but found out that the city of Richmond actually has an international airport. I don't know why I never considered that, but it was probably the smallest international airport I'd been in. Not that it was like, you know, a rinky-dinky, like, fly-by-night thing or whatever, but, like, it just, I mean, you know, I've flown out of SeaTac and DFW and, and what is it, McCarran out of, out of Vegas or whatever, right? Those are all pretty big airports. Like, Richmond was not that. And is it just that I guess they're allowed to take international flights is really the only difference between that? and I would assume that like you are able to get flights from other large international cities because I guess that would qualify as international airport. Like if you could get a flight in from London to Richmond, I, I guess that would qualify. <laughs> and I, I'm sure there's a lot where they I'm sure they have to set up, you know, at, at strategic 
locations, for example, Montana having one probably isn't going to be as helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I did also piece these together that, you know, you have a lot of government stuff that goes on in Virginia. You probably need some place for all them to fly in and out of. So that sort of makes sense. The second part, however, apparently the city of Richmond, and by the way, feel free to shoot me a thing on on Twitter or in the Discord if I'm wrong about this, but at least the downtown area had crappy internet, which was weird because I'm like, how do you have a city that has an international airport, so you're doing a lot of business, you have nice hotels, because we were saying downtown had like a Hilton, a Marriott, you know, whatever, like the big names, right? And one of the first things each of us creators, when we ran into each other, we were like, hey, how's the internet at your hotel? And me, they're like, ah, mine's crappy. I'm like, dude, yours too? And that was like the conversation for the first, like, I don't know, hour everybody ran into each other. And so it must have been, and not only that, even the non-big name hotels had problems too. So it was just so weird. I, I don't know why. That's the only time I can remember being at a in a major city or at a nice hotel where even the, you know, because normally you get like the crappy free internet. And then if you want to, you can pay nine or 10 bucks or whatever and get get the, the higher speed internet. Even that one sucked. Like to the point that I called the front desk. I'm like, hey, if I were to go get an ethernet cable and plug in, would I have a better connection speed? And they're like, nah, probably not. But we can give you our tech support or whatever. Try to fix whatever the issue is. I'm like, great. So I call them up. And here's the thing that blew me away. The tech support said with the happiest of voice, Oh, Mr. Watson, you have nothing to worry about. You're getting our best speeds right now. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> it's great when you're extremely worried and somebody assures you there's nothing to worry about. And I've been there with you. <laughs> Dude, I could, it was like 28 download, 28 megabytes per second download. I haven't had 28 down service in over a decade. Easy. Like I, my phone runs it like five times that in a bad area. Like it was unreal. But here was the crazy part is that if you could manage all your work, <laughs> you could actually get it uploaded and sent where you wanted to go because the upload speed was like 30 up. So we had in most cases when I was running speed tests, I was getting higher upload speeds than download speed, which is usually the opposite. You usually can get quality download at a hotel and maybe you get like a 10 up or something and you're just hoping that's enough to do whatever it is you need to do. Like, so yeah, it was, it was just a rough time trying to get stuff done. I I mean, it was a hard time trying to get content done. Uh, I saw like multiple people who had been taking a bunch of footage and they were wanting to like try to stream some things and share it with people were just struggling. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why that's a thing. The only thing, the only weird conspiracy theory I could come up with is that with the government being set up out there. Maybe they're hogging the internet. I don't know. Or at least limiting everybody else's internet. <laughs> like I got nothing, but yeah, if y'all know if, if it's not the whole city and it's just a downtown area or you know why I'd be very curious because I think that'd just be something fun to mention or talk about because I have no idea. It was, it was so strange to everybody to have that level of venue. And honestly, their convention center was really nice. Like, they, like everything was good. So it was just weird. Like, they're obviously set up to do larger events and, and you know, high-end stuff. But for some reason, no quality internet. Like, very strange. But that does bring us to 
other topics and let's like dive in a little bit more on Command Fest. So obviously I went to Command Fest. You did not, Brian. So I figured I'll kind of go over some things and I'll let you be the voice of the people. And you can ask whatever questions you want as we go along that they might want to know. And I will try to fill in the gaps. Partly because Command Fest, like we had we had a magic event back in, what was that? Like October, November, something like that last year. And that was in Vegas. And that was like the first big thing where people got together for an organized event, whatever. This was kind of the first thing that was, I guess, presented and pushed by Wizards of the Coast that we'd had in... I don't know, two and a half years or something at this point. So there was a lot of like, I kind of want to see it, want to be part of it. There's some trepidation here. You know, there's still like the COVID protocol stuff that we're still dealing with. And I don't think people really knew what to expect, but I have to admit that overall it went pretty damn well. And I don't know if that was a combination of everything, if it was just, you know, Star City doing a bang up job was it all the players just keeping everything's moving? But I mean, I only even had like one, what I would call even remotely unpleasant situation with the player. Like all the strangers I played against were great. It like all the different stuff I did was fun. I will say for me, from a personal standpoint, it was also cool to have people like, honestly, to see some people where they were like almost embarrassed to come up and talk to you. Like that was like a humbling thing, man. Cause it was like, because <laughs> you know, because I'm just a dude in my eyes still, you know, like hell, if you ask my pets and stuff, like I'm just a guy that brings the food in the morning. But like it was interesting to see the react and people going like, oh dude, you know, I listen to y'all's podcasts like all the time when y'all put it up and whatever, or like your your YouTube channel helped me and my kids get through the pandemic or what, you know, whatever it was. And it was just like, man, that's just so cool. You know, and then people like truly like humbly asking like would you sign this card for me or whatever would you sign my play mat and i'm like yeah and i'm like hey would you want me to take a picture or whatever and then they were like you would take a picture with me and i'm like yeah you know like and i'm thinking how is it like for people that actually are famous <laughs> you know what i mean because like i'm just a dude man like i don't have i mean don't be wrong I, it's not like i suck but like <laughs> you know i'm in a, i'm in a room though that's got like you know, Saffron Olive, the dudes over at, at MTG Goldfish with him and Krim or whatever, right? Like, they easily lap me time, multiple times over as far as reach and content quality and whatever. So, like, to even have anybody who cared about me, you know, in that pile of, of other creators felt pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit of an ego stroke to some extent. Actually, you know what? I don't even think that's what... You know what it was? I think it was a level of reassurance, yeah. That I'm doing something it's also, right. So, you know, it's it, so much of it is relative. Like there are people, you know, for example, like there, there could be somebody that's the best but basketball. It, it could be literally be KD. I don't think my wife would know who he was. And, and so we could be in a room where, you know, if we go to like, for example, a baseball game, nobody knows who we are. No one cares. But in a magic tournament, this is what we get. You know, and so it's just I, that is fair. I mean, people watch what they watch too, right? They, we know as well as anybody that like you can be in the same genres and there's people who just don't watch the big names. I mean, I've literally ran into people that didn't know what a professor was. You know, they didn't know what a game nights was. Exactly. So it's like, 
All right, cool. The, the late great uh, radio host Kid Credit used to do this bit. You know, you know how let's say somebody like uh, Michael Jordan wants to go shopping, he can afford to have the store closed down so he can shop without interruptions. Kid Craddock would do a bid where he would see what is the smallest, most C-list celebrity he could get somebody to shut the store down for. And it was great. That's actually kind of awesome. He would call me like, I think the, the worst one was he got somebody to agree to shut a store down for C. Thomas Howell, the star of Red Dawn. That's kind of cool, though. <laughs> Who probably hasn't been in anything significant since Red Dawn, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I that would be a cool experience. Just be like, you walk in and they're like, lock the doors, let these guys shop uninterrupted. Like, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was really interesting. Like, just to see. I do wonder where it goes from. That's so cool. I I can't believe people want to storm me. To okay, I'm tired of it now. Close the door so I can yeah, shop. Right? I wonder because how long that takes. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but like I remember when I was younger, and they they used to televise stuff from like Michael Jackson's concerts and stuff. And I remember seeing they were because they were doing like the whatever the pre-show montage of stuff or whatever, and you saw his like cavalcade of limos or because you know he his whole entourage and whatever they all went in like ten limos or whatever, and people were just passing out. I mean, literally just like falling out from you know you have security that's got to go get people out of the way or whatever so they can get medical attention. And I remember asking my mom like, why like what's happening? You know, because I because I remember being like, I don't know, like 10 and I just or 11. And I, it just wasn't making any sense to me. And she was like, oh, well, you know, they think Michael Jackson's in the car and blah, blah, blah. And, I'm, and so now I'm just like, so you think somebody's in a car and you're going to pass out. But then next level brain kicked in because I'm a nerd. And I'm like, they have tinted windows like you don't need, you can't even see who's in which limo. And my mom's like, I know, son, you know, like just like just the way some people are wired. But I, but as I got older, I started thinking, imagine being to that level of popularity, right, where you touch somebody and they pass out. Yeah, I was to, is, is there anybody that's that level of popularity for you or you would just have to fall out if you met them? Uh, mm, that's a good question. I don't think so. But I've also met a lot of people. So I think like even if I did have somebody like that, I think the I don't know, the mystique of like understanding that they're not the person I think they are or whatever has kind of been blown so many years ago that. I kind of just accept that a lot of people are just doing their job and they're entertaining me. But, you know, when they're not on, they're just people that want to go out to dinner. You know, yeah, it's true. Plus, we've seen so many celebrities fall so hard <laughs> recently. Oh, yeah. into where it's like, yeah. The Dead Simpsons, you know, bit or like if you see any celebrities run away, do not approach them. Celebrities are dangerous. And like somebody predicted, that was probably 20 years ago. And it's gotten dramatically worse in the past couple of decades yeah and i've been lucky enough you know i've met some big you know like the rock you know yeah. i have a story about meeting him you know uh what's his name the dude from uh evil dead or whatever at one oh, of the Bruce Campbell. Yeah. one of the houston conventions right so there there's some stuff like that you know and and i already know it's it's not a thing i think about because i would i remember telling stories from when i've worked conventions or whatever and i would be describing people and they'd be like wait you mean you got to talk to like Chewbacca or blah, blah. It's like, yeah. They're like, did you ask him about this? I'm like, no, we wanted to talk about football or whatever. So, you know, like all they did was talk about his job for eight hours while he right. took and signed things. I like, it was dinner time. I'm not going to be like, yeah. So tell me about this one. You know what I mean? Like that just be weird to me. 
I was going to say, clearly, Bruce Campbell isn't on the list for you because you referred to him as the dude from the Evil Dead movie. Yeah, like, like, so I don't know. So I think it's the same way for me. Like, I see what I do as a job, right? And don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. It's a fun job. I like entertaining people and I'm meeting tons of folks and that's great. But I look at it like this is how I make a living and this is how I pay my bills. So it's very cool that I'm able to do that and still have meaning in people's lives. They're like, you know, listen to people tell me like the things they learned from our podcast and, you know, how watching my YouTube videos helped them get better at magic as they were learning. And, you know, that that really was pretty damn cool. That to me was one of the best parts of the weekend. Plus, you know, because usually I'm, you know, if I meet somebody famous, I'm probably interviewing them and you don't want to be like, ah! And then try to ask them questions because I would feel crazy doing that. You know, yeah, like I would, I, would, I would also look weird to them too. Yeah, like, like how much are they going to my questions if I'm, you know, like, oh my god, my palms are sweaty and I can't believe I met you. Exactly. Now I will say this too, though, like for the event, mask compliance, everybody was pretty much good to go. There was one or two people that you know got asked to pull up their mask, but they did it, no issues. Didn't really have a problem at all. There was a little bit for people that were like waiting in line to get in on like Friday morning, but you know, whatever. They're not technically in the venue at that point. So, but yeah, everybody did their thing. You know, the lines moved fairly quick considering, you know, they were checking for your, uh, your vaccine cards and all that stuff. Though it was a little weird because I did like pre register. So they had that information, but then I still had to show it anyway, which didn't bother me. I showed it to them, but it was kind of like, what was the point of pre registering to speed stuff up? If I was going to show it anyway, but it is what it is. It was fine. But yeah, the staff was really nice. Uh, the Baldur's Gate set, people had a bunch of fun things to say about it. Okay, good. Uh, you, you, there you go. You jumped to one of my questions. So good, good job. Good looking out, Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Precognition. We actually also, like, there was being on the Commander Advisor Group, one of the things we kind of were keeping our eyes on was how did things look from a competitive standpoint? also from a casual standpoint. And honestly, everybody had a good time. Like you saw big dumb things happening at the competitive tables. You saw big dumb things happening at the casual tables, but the way they were happening, all groups were happy. So I don't know. This, it, it felt like one of those things looking around the room. Cause you know, this is one of the first times again that the commander players have had the opportunity to do anything. With COVID. And it's one of those things I remember talking to somebody and saying, I think what we have to get people to understand is all those people say magic's dying and we're just killing the game or like, dude, people have been saying that for 15 years. The other about every game that's popular. Madden's been been dying for about 20 years, too. But at the end of the day, Withers has already shown they're making more money. More people want to carry their stuff. Stores were still opening during the pandemic. And events like this still had great attendance. And you're talking, and think about this: like you're talking about an event that you had to pay to get into. Now, admittedly, it was a high entry fee, but you also got like a bunch of event entry tickets and all this other stuff with it. You know, yeah, I think you got like a play mat and some other stuff. But the fact that people are willing to pay that big of a ticket to basically get to just come play Commander with people, like you aren't going to have that happen if there's any real possibility of your game dying anytime soon. No, because there was no big payoff. I mean, they had like event tickets. And if you did well, you could go get stuff off the prize wall and stuff. But you're not paying for like playing for $10,000 cash or any of that stuff. Like people were just coming in basically to socialize. And they were happy to do it. Now, 
I'm going to do a write-up for Star City by the end of the week to get it over to them. But I do think they could have done more with us as creators. I think that was kind of the thing. Like, we were... They wanted to, like, be engaged, give people a reason to show up, whatever. But I felt like we could have done, like, a, I don't know, a meet-and-greet table or raffle off something cool as part of a prize to like get to play with two or three of the big creators or something. And we, you donate the money. I don't know. Right. But there were, I just felt like there was something more we could have done. There was a lot of ideas and it felt a little weird, you know, full transparency. They did pay for some of my expenses to be out there and everything. So cool. But it felt weird to have somebody paying for stuff for me to just effectively be a person. You know what I mean? I wasn't there working because, you know, I've worked, you know me, I've worked a ton of events, ran a ton of events. So it was very weird. So I just made up stuff. I literally set up tables and I was giving stuff away. And, you know, I got a bunch of stuff from Ultra Pro to hand out to people doing cool stuff in games or whatever. And I just turned it into a PR opportunity. You know, I was handing out new business cards, new tokens, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I got something out of it and people were happy that they got to play with me. And, you know, I saw people posting about it on Twitter. So that was all good. But I hope that that's the one, if there was one takeaway, that's the biggest thing I feel like I would have changed is create more event moments. Because I think gamers as a whole are, we have a fair amount of the community that's socially awkward. I don't think that's weird to say. And you're asking people to come in and kind of, to a large extent, unless you're playing in the on-demand pods or whatever, to like facilitate their own experience. Right. They have to come up and find people to talk to them and ask them if they want to play a game or find the creator and say, like, hey, would you sign my thing or whatever? And, you know, be real timid. Whereas if you at least had things preset, it would make it a lot easier on people, I think, and give them more of a reason to show up potentially. But yeah, otherwise. I mean, food, oh, by the way, food was killer at this place we went to called Lily Pearl. Yeah, that sounds like Lily Pearl sounds like they can cook. Yeah, for real. Like, I, I think that was the name of somebody's grandmama that started the place. This dude. And I'm not even joking when I say it. Because we we all got, like, larger portions. Well, pl- first off, the portions and everything were already big. But people were sharing some stuff. And, you know, and, like, I mean, it didn't matter if you were vegetarian dishes, the fried chicken, like, all of it. Like, everything was good. So, yeah, if you're in the area for Richmond, that is my food recommendation. Is go check out Lily Pearl. It's all of, like... I don't know, three blocks, maybe four blocks from the uh, uh, Hilton downtown. So if you're already in the area, it's easy to get to. Insanely good. Like one of the best. I ask you who's cooking and you say Lily Pearl. I ain't going to ask any other questions. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody's grandma named Lily Pearl's at any restaurant. And I'm like, I'm at least going to go try it. Right. (laughs) Like like for real. At least, you know, the odds are pretty high. This food's going to be banging. Like, let's, let's go try it. But you're talking about when people say food was bussing, that that food was bussing, like for real. Like, I mean, not not and not and dude, I'm not even exaggerating. Not even like one of the items was like, oh, that was all right. You know, like, no, everything was good. There was nothing that was mid tier. <laughs> like at worst, everything was a tier with some S tier options. <laughs> like, that's the kind of place we're talking about. Even the drinks they made, like they brought it over and I got one and I was like, this place is going to be dangerous if you're a drinker. Like, even the drinks were so insane, like, super flavorful, and you couldn't even tell they had some alcohol in some of them. I'm like, this this is not a place that you should come to if you cannot hold your alcohol. <laughs> so, yeah, all of it was great. So, 
fun experience overall. The only thing for me is, like I said, I wore my mask everywhere. I was pretty careful about when I was unmasked. It was just that one time at dinner and then in a two small groups that were in like people's hotel rooms and stuff after the fact. But anytime I was around like a crowd or people I didn't know or whatever, like always in a mask. But that did lead me to a thing I wanted to, to bring up and ask is does smoking or being a smoker contribute to higher odds of getting COVID? And the reason I ask this is because I did see that Saffron Olive uh, saw that he tested positive or whatever, and he was one of the smokers. Now, I'm not saying I'm not, no, no dispersions of him or whatever. I'm just because he posted, it kind of got my brain going that other people I know that have posted about it, I felt like a reasonable percentage of them were smokers. Now, obviously, we know non-smokers who have gotten it as well, so I'm not saying that's it. But the idea that to smoke, you're going out multiple times during the day. Yep. You're probably around other smokers because a lot of times people, you know, smoke in groups. The smokers I saw were definitely around other people, small semicircles or whatever. And you're breathing smoke, your breath that you can see at in the direction of other people. You know what I mean? It's one of the things I never thought about till literally earlier to actually maybe late yesterday, sometime in the last 12 hours or so, the thought came in my head and I was like, I wonder if this contributes to more or not. I haven't seen any reports that it does. It's a social hobby because if you, you know, if you smoke and other people go out to smoke, like, well, you know, I'm out. They'll just hand you a cigarette. Yeah. So, like, so I don't, I don't so know. Like, whereas, like, if I'm sitting there, like, let's say other people have food and maybe they, they don't necessarily just hand you a biscuit, you know, but. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but you, but you're around other people that are like encouraging you to do the same thing. But you're doing it in fairly close quarters, breathing on each other. You know, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. What surprised me to again because of kind of how just how social the habit can be. Because again, it's just you talk about when you talk about like being an event. Who goes out to smoke alone? Almost nobody. Somebody goes oh, with yeah. you. There was almost always a group of like five to eight-ish people at some point when I would pass by. That's even more so because it's banned so many places now. So, you know, that pushes the group closer to you. Because it used to be, like, back in the we were growing up. You just pull out a cigarette anywhere and nobody gave a crowd. Shoot, but you forget, there was a point where you could smoke on airplanes. Exactly. <laughs> which is wild to even think about. Yeah, like, you think about that now. <laughs> inception, you know, my like, Imagine you're just on a plane and, like, 30 minutes into the flight, you just reek of smoke. Like, isn't that crazy to think that was even a thing? Right. But, just... but yeah, it, it's like I said, it's, it may not be anything, but it was something that I at least thought about. They're like, hey, if you're a smoker, maybe you need to consider like having some like private smoking time, you know, to get your nicotine in because maybe that's you remember not what year, thing. not even requiring, but what year they even started pushing seat belts as the thing you should wear because that was in our lifetime, too. Oh, I, I know there were still cars that were made during my lifetime that didn't even have seatbelts. You had to get like the aftermarket thing installed or whatever. So, I don't know. But yeah, overall, though, I will say convention was good. Very lucky. I've already tested negative for COVID a couple times since I've been home. Uh, everybody in my immediate social groups that I socialized a lot with all tested negative. That's so, excellent. Yeah, there's only one or two people that I would call like, maybe two levels, you know, our, uh, what is it? Our six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, they're, they're one or two degrees outside of my groups. And those are the only people I know of. So there's that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, overall positive experience. I'm looking forward to the next one. I think 
when I got done, I really felt like both, okay, I'm ready to do this again with a different mindset now that this one's happened. But then the other part of me was like, I kind of need to recharge because I could barely talk right now. Because <laughs> I talked to a lot of people uh, throughout the weekend. But uh, let's hit another order of business real quick and then we'll get to the dinner table. So we had two pieces of magic news that kind of got dropped here very quietly over the last day or so. But uh, Winota and Expressive Iteration were banned in Pioneer and Explorer. So that was kind of a big news. And I don't think either one really caught people off guard, considering Winota was also already banned in Explorer Online. Uh, yeah. But we didn't touch the whole cat oven situation. And that seems to be more bothersome to me. Like, don't get me wrong. These cards are good. They probably need to be on the list till we get more cards in the formats or whatever. Fine, you know. But, yeah, like, the cat oven thing. Like, my problem with cat oven is even playing it sucks. Like, going through the loops and, like, okay, I got to remove the treasure, put this cat into play. I'm going to get rid of it with the oven and blah, blah, and generate a thing. And, like, and even playing against it's pretty bad. Even when you win, the games still feel grindy and long. Like, it's just not fun magic. And I'm just like, well, just ban the cat. Just get rid of it. Like, that would solve so many problems. And it's not like you're really hurting anybody, because isn't the cat, like, an uncommon or something anyway? So I believe so. Yeah, so it's not like we're really harming anything by doing it. Like, we need to just do that and get that out of the way. So for people who like cats to go on. Dude, I don't like cats. I'm getting two more, because we had to put some down over the last few years, and we're going to up our cat cat around here. But even I'm a guy that's just like, yeah, we still got to get rid of the silly cat and magic like it just it i don't know why we didn't but it needs to happen like i'll be honest like even watching the chat and stuff when there's events going on nobody even likes watching those matches where the cat oven decks are involved like there's just nothing positive for anybody so i don't know why we're holding on to it at this point maybe they feel like there has to be at least one deck in a format at a time that people just uh, just, just get rally around and hate Maybe, but even by Wizards' own thing, having done work for them for an event, they don't even want you to talk about decks like that when you're doing coverage. They don't want you to make somebody out to be the bad guy or whatever. So just like even that doesn't even hold. So, yeah. Well, we've discussed like holes in their coverage, and that's one of the big ones, you know, is telling people who to you can't make somebody the good guy if they're playing the deck everybody hates. It just can't be yeah, done. I don't even know if it's so much that as much as it was just like, don't make people feel like they're being attacked for their choices and blah, blah, and whatever. But like, I haven't gotten the opportunity to do coverage for like Channel Fireball, CFB Pro Showdown and stuff like that. I I felt like having the freedom to just be like, okay, I know the community is doesn't like this deck right now. So I'm purposely just going to root for the other person. Right. And we just made it into a big fun thing in the chat. Right. We just went with it, had fun and just like, oh, man, looks like the hero's in trouble or whatever. And blah, blah, you know, and people had fun with it right they know i don't hate the person that's playing the other deck like they're not stupid it's just it's a, they're playing the deck type that is the bad guy at the moment that's okay and again taking cues from every other form of competitive stuff i don't know of anybody like obviously there's things like for example the nfl didn't want you to say but they'll absolutely point out when hey we're in arizona and this place is there's more cowboy fans here than there are cardinal fans you know they, they well, yeah, don't do that out. Or they'll bring up history of like, well, the last time these teams played, you know, so-and-so tried to take this guy's head off on this play. Yeah. So he definitely hadn't forgotten that. And blah, blah, blah. you know, they're not going to say that. the coverage better. Time, but they'll give you some context for like, yeah. it happens. 
Otherwise, you're watching it and you're like, why are people hating on this person? Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a weird thing. But my next lit on that list is for real. Let's be done with cat oven shenanigans. Let's just get rid of the cat. I don't think the food decks as a whole need to go away. I think that mechanic is fine and that deck type is fine. I don't either because I play food, but I'm kind of biased. Yeah, but the deck's trying to take advantage of just the cat loop or whatever. Just It's just not fun. It's not good for the game. We need to just get that out of here. Now, some other positive news. They had pushed back Infinity, which is the next onset. And we didn't really know where it was going to go. And they gave us an announcement. So October 7, I believe, is the day that we will be able to pick that up in stores. So you can keep an eye out for that. And uh, try to get your hands on those Spock lands because those things look ridiculous. I'm betting those will be the most expensive shock lands so far. And uh, this is a set that's not even really tournament legal. So this is going to be a wild ride when that comes out. But yeah, I'm definitely going to try to get me. I might try to get a couple boxes of it just to get my hands on enough of those uh, lands and see what happens. Because I think those are going to be really worth it. But all that being said... That brings us to our dinner table conversation. And I'm not totally sure the best way to approach this, but this came to my mind because we were over the weekend talking with some different, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but there was a situation with, not at this event, but they were recanting a previous event that a party that was not present. So I want to be completely clear about what I'm talking about here. But a situation had happened that was being recanted to me about a female creator and a male creator that apparently had spent some amount of private time together during the event, not to do anything adult, you know, just normal stuff. But stuff came out later that then the woman had kind of put the dude in a bad spot with some stuff she had said or whatever and like kind of got ugly. And they got me wondering, you know, we don't see a lot of male-female creator combos working on things. And I wonder if it's situations like that that discourage that stuff from happening. Because, you know, I mentioned in the discussion, like, I'm already paranoid. Like, if I go somewhere with somebody, I make sure people know. This right? like, We talked about this, you know, a little bit of the pre-show. That's bizarre to me because, again, you know, let's say you got just – regular person job, you know, or you work at, I, I, I don't know, you were working at an office, you know, Dunder Mifflin or what have you. You can't say I'm not going to be alone in a room with a member of the opposite sex. You you got work to do. Yeah. See, like I, you would think so, but like, I even thought about it. Like, Wizards, I don't think that happened more than a couple of times. And it was fairly short. Now, admittedly, I mean, you're at work, there's cameras, you know, whatever. It's not like anything's going to happen, but I thought about it, right? If I, and I'm just using, I'm going to use Tappy Toeclaw as an example. Cause I know me and Tappy are cool. We talked about a lot of stuff over the weekend, right? So if me and Tappy decide to work on something together, there's probably going to be a series of private messages. We're probably going to do some video calls or whatever, setting stuff up or whatever. So like, there's going to be a lot of time spent in private settings. So you kind of like, she has to trust me to not be an idiot dude, you know, and I have to trust her to not, try to make the situation look like something it's not right. So you have to have like that two way trust there to even go into that to begin with and then go for it. And I wonder if people not being completely 
comfortable, I guess, with each other plays a part in some of that. And, and again, I question if these people have ever had a, a normal job outside of content creation because those jobs have group projects. All the, sometimes a group is two people. But here's the thing, and I here's a situation that actually happened to me. This was okay. It was before we moved to our current place, so I don't know this, and it was just before COVID, so maybe like 2019 ish sometime. But this person I knew, and we had lost contact for a while. But she sends me a message out of the blue and she's like, hey, I need to talk to you and apologize about something. Do you have time? And I was like, cool. But like in my head, I'm like, we ain't even talked in a while. Like, what do you got to apologize for? Right. So she goes on this whole long explanation of how like she judged me wrong and this, that and the other and whatever. And I'm like, well, that's cool. That's big of you or whatever. But then turns out she had that mindset because somebody else that she knew had apparently been going around saying some stuff about me. And like, to the point that like, you know, I'm some type of predator and I've done these things to a couple women or whatever. Apparently she said that about a few guys as we found out later. But like, I didn't even know this other person for real. Like, I don't know if they just like knew me from some Facebook groups or whatever, but like, to my knowledge, I hadn't had any direct interaction with this other person. And like that person was able to skew opinions about me with other people. Now, the good news is the reason this person came and apologized to me was because I guess it had come up in conversation with other folks. And they were like, you mean this dude? <laughs> right? And then they were like, describes me like, yeah, it's the same dude. And they're like, mm, I think you got to confuse with somebody else. And then she talked to somebody else. And that person was like, you mean this dude? You know, like, yeah, and, that's so. Like, Wait a minute. And then she investigated and found out that this other person was just a lying ass. But I wonder how often that happens. Like, cause I was thinking about like, I don't, obviously I didn't even know this was a thing until somebody came and told me. So like, do, where do things originate? What do you have to be careful? Cause, and that's like not even having contact with somebody that made it even worse. So I get how people could be paranoid about things happening on both sides. True. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but you know, just again, it's like in the, in the real, and I, to a large extent, content creation is not the real world. In the real world, men and women are working together every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I but I also feel like, like I was saying, at Wizards, I feel like on some level, we were all kind of like, I don't know, vetted to some extent. You know what I mean? Like, we went through the interview process. Like, we've had our bosses sign off on things for us to work on projects or blah, blah. You know, we all had budgets to protect and all that. Like, there was some level of accountability there that we don't really have as creators. Like we kind of are our own accountability, whether that be us or the community, but like, that's kind of it. You know, there's, there's nothing else, but like, I would have no problem with it, but I do understand where, like, if I don't know somebody well, it could be a little concerning. Like, actually, I'll tell you, there's an example coming up of this actually. Um, I've been talking with the dudes over on uh, Tabletop Jocks, Joe Johnson and them. And he's invited some of us to come down at the end of June to work on a thing on the YouTube channel and some other projects, you know, that I, I'm going to pitch that we're not talking about yet. But some of the people I'm going to be down there, I'm like, hey, you're going to be down there too. You're coming into town the same day I am. Do you want to just split a room? And two of those people are women. I don't know them that well. I know them to be a pretty good character, you know, but I'm just like, they're still like a little bit, like, I'm not gonna lie. It's a little bit at the bottom of my gut. Just as like, I'm going to be extra careful. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It makes yeah, sense. that's a, a whole different situation. Yeah, but like we're not doing anything. I'm getting a space. So they have their own room and all this stuff. But like, still, there's just like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like just just a little. I, I, that I get, and that's you know, to me, I, I try not to share a room with anybody, and it's not even a thing where I'm scared that somebody's gonna kill me. It's a thing where literally, what what is the as somebody with three kids, one of the reasons I take shows is to get out of the house. That's fair. Like, there are there are things I've you know shows where I didn't need the money, didn't want to do the show, but hey, I get to go to another state for a little while. You, you've got a whole different reason for that. Yeah. Like, and I will say this: like I have no issue. Like you know, there's no distrust in my household or whatever. Like everything's good on that front, so I don't even have to worry about that. But it's just a perception that I think a lot of people have of it. And know? it's funny. I did that. And one time they, they I, I took one of those shows was, and we got there and found out the uh, the hotel we were booked at. It's a casino resort. They had forgotten to book us rooms. So I still had to share a room with like four <laughs> other actors. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> the only reason I left the house. <laughs> and yeah. But, but, you know, okay, so here's the other part of this, all right? Because of that, we do end up in these situations where some of the women that are trying to come up aren't going to get as much recognition. Because, you know, we know as well as I, like, the majority of the upper end of the community is dudes. Yeah. Right? So the women almost have to work with some of the dudes to get that recognition. Absolutely. Call outs, be on some of their projects, you know, whatever it is. To at least get FaceTime in front of more people. So if everybody's not working together and there's not some level of trust, it gets harder to build certain aspects of the community. And I will say stuff like, you know, content creation. And I guess, well, I guess show business in general is one of the rare forms of of employment where you can rise to the top of an industry, even when it's known that women shouldn't be alone in the room with you. You know, Bill Cosby, Joss Whedon now, <laughs> apparently. Sad but true. You just where, where else could you make it? <laughs> Probably without a, hey, we can't let him be alone in the room with any women. There just don't seem to be very, you, how far can you get in, any, in the corporate world with that? Not very far at all. It was just showing his ding-a-lang on a Zoom call and still had a job, so. Yeah, um, but in fairness, he doesn't have the job where he pulled the stuff out. That's true. He doesn't have that See, job. Anymore. So, you know, none of the people at CNN saw his stuff unless they chose to go hunt down the Zoom video. Uh, the place where he he pulled the stuff out during the New Yorker Zoom call. And they immediately like, nah, you, we've seen your junk. You can't Dude, work I here. I can't get over that. Like, I'm just thinking. Yeah, like, I'm still amazed. This is, how, how horned up do you need to be to, like, immediately when that call's over, you're like, all right, I got to handle this. Like, I mean, like. Or maybe like, does he just uh, really love politics? Does it excite him sexually? I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I, I think we do need as many people in our communities working together, helping each other grow, doing all that. But I think that also comes with like having to overcome some social hurdles. And I don't know. So just some negativity around the ideas and the concept of it. But and I, and I do have to say, you know, that the whole script, because, OK, I'm a 300 pound black man. I, you know, <laughs> I yes, feel yeah. safe in most situations. But as a woman, it's a whole different situation. And I get that where, you know, you are obviously don't <laughs> want to be alone in a room with some guy that you don't know. I absolutely understand that. 
for sure for sure and and i don't blame them at all right so it just becomes a tough spot when you're talking about like you know especially for a lot of creators not having huge budgets but you want to work with other people it's like how do you make it work out without sometimes cutting some of those corners you know what i mean because i'll tell you right now looking looking at some of the airbnbs and stuff even to rent in the the hollywood area Man, they they cost a bit different than they do up oh, here at yeah. home. I'm like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> being real about it. Like yeah. and I and I have a little money to spend, but I'm like, some people don't even have that. So it's like right. I, I see how that'd be a problem for folks. So yeah, it's it's tough. And I and I don't even know totally what the right answer is. It was more of just like, I think it's something we need to talk about and you know, work to a place where both sides or enough of at least the important people on both sides can be trusted to allow some of these other projects and opportunities and whatever to happen for people, because I get it. I really do. Like, and, and I, and you know, I've said it before. There's some people that I just haven't traveled to work with. Cause like, I'm like, you seem cool, but you know, based on where you live and some of the people around you, like, uh, I don't know how safe I feel. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just being real about it. Like, Oh, you, you seem cool, but mm, yeah, you know, and, so I get it if people ha- are uncomfortable about other things. So it's a, it's a tough one, but it's something I think, you know, maybe we address again later after I've been involved in more projects and have more things to talk about or can talk about how this other upcoming thing goes. But yeah, uh, as more details about that come out, by the way, I'll let people know other names and people involved or whatever. But until the project happens, I don't want to like ruin anybody's like content or announcements or whatever by blowing it because people don't know it's a thing yet. But uh yeah, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on socials, Brian? All right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I want to say, please remember to take care of yourself, your family, protect yourself from the COVID or hell. What is that? The monkey pox that's out yeah. there now? Like, there's still a lot of junk out there. So just be careful. Watch out. And as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And remember, be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 